Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the You Are Not Too Busy podcast. In case you've never met before, my name is Noam Raider. I'm your host, and I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so excited about today's episode. The conversation I have with today's guest was just so much fun to record. It's one of my best friends in real life on social media, and honestly, at this point, like a colleague in work, which is so cool. But anyways, we will get to all of that shortly. First, let's talk about our little weekly catch-up. So I got back yesterday, yesterday, two days ago, I don't even know, from a conference, a medical conference. Um, The focus of the conference was physicians' health, so the health and wellness of physicians and medical trainees, so mental health, all that good stuff. The conference took place in Orlando, Florida. And I actually went there to present research that I worked on while in medical school, which focused on the state of wellness education um, across North American medical schools. So a few things I want to say about this, not to be like here to my own horn about the research. I just want to say that one, being back in person and connecting with colleagues from around the world and especially like-minded people was so inspiring and honestly really invigorated me for the months to come. Um, It can feel a little bit isolating working on things with people you've never met. Like this entire research project was connected with other medical students across Canada over Zoom. So being able to actually meet people and people who worked um, on similar projects, other projects from anywhere that's as close as different programs within my current school or around Canada, it was just so exciting. It also was a really cool full circle moment and i want to talk about that a little bit so basically i I spoke about this story on my tiktok but i've been to orlando one other time in my life and that was when i was eight years old and i went to orlando with make-a-wish foundation now you may feel like you missed a chapter in this story but basically i had a brain tumor when i was a kid i guess i still technically have it it's just small and doesn't really do anything but it's in my brainstem it's still there Um, But as a kid, I went through chemotherapy and surgeries and all that kind of stuff for my brain tumor. And this was a huge factor in me entering the medical field was these medical experiences when I was a kid. Um, So basically, Make-A-Wish Foundation, if you've never heard of it, is a nonprofit organization that gives kids with these medical journeys the opportunity to make three wishes and they make one of them come true. Now, me being eight... Um, the biggest wish I could think of was to go to Disney World with my family. And I'm just grateful. It was an amazing trip. But when I think back about it, I think it's kind of funny. Like I could have wished for anything, like to meet my favorite celebrity, to, but Disney World, that was where the line stopped for me. Anyways, we went on a trip to Disney World with my entire family. My grandma came too, both my siblings, my parents. They have a whole um, resort there called Give Kids the World, which is, I believe, just for Make-A-Wish Kids, maybe some other organizations as well. But there was free ice cream 24-7. We had Line Pass at Disney World. It was literally the best trip ever. I haven't been to Orlando since. And now I went last weekend to present research at a conference as a literal doctor. Like, such a crazy full circle moment. I got off the plane and I saw a sign for um, Give Kids the World, like the resort. And I don't know. It was really, really cool. Um, but yeah, anyways, I could ramble for hours, but honestly, I am late to go meet my friends. Um, we're doing a Halloween movie night and I say this because, um, I've been a little all over the map since I got back from this trip. And honestly, even the week before that, I feel like I'm kind of running on a treadmill and never really finishing my to-do list on time. And I just remind myself that life comes in waves and there's weeks where I feel super on top of things and organized. And there's weeks where I feel like I just don't have enough hours in the day. So I just want to be transparent about that and honestly say that I don't feel like I have my my life together right now. But that's okay because we will get there. Um, Let's introduce today's guest and get into that part of the episode because we recorded this last week. And we texted each other like at 3 p.m. that day. We're like, well, I texted her and it's like, do you want to record a podcast episode? And she's like, yes, comma today, question mark. And it was like, okay, we are on the same energy. We needed to have this conversation then and there. It's something that we've been talking about for the past few weeks. And I knew I wanted to share with all of you. So today's guest is one of my best friends in, again, in real life on social media and so on. Her name is Shania Bopa. Um, you can find her on social media at Well by Shania, Instagram and TikTok. She is a PhD student studying global health. 
Um, she's also a children's book author. She's also a content creator and so many more things. We actually recorded an episode, one of my first episodes on this podcast ever, like uh, maybe a year and a half ago. She's my first repeat guest. So that says a lot. Um, I feel like half our conversations are like existential crises or not crises, usually solutions. Mm, depends the day. But anyways, I knew she'd be the perfect guest for today's episode. We're going to chat all things adult friendships, um, kind of getting to know yourself and knowing what kind of people you want to surround yourself with. If you're in your 20s and trying to navigate all of that, um, I think you'll really enjoy today's discussion. So anyways, I will see you on the other side. All right, everybody, welcome Shania back to the podcast. What is up? I am going to have so much fun here chatting with Noam at 9 p.m. So thanks for having me, Noam. Two things. First of all, I want to say you are my first official repeat guest. How do you feel? <gasps> okay, wait. That's so confident. I know. Um, we recorded a podcast episode. I want to say it's like one of my first like five episodes probably. So like go all the way back. Um, and I feel like half of our conversations are podcast episodes in and of themselves. So it just felt right. And the other thing I want to say was today I'm just having a day where I feel unstoppable. Like, you know, those days where you wake up and you're like, I can do everything today. And also days where you wake up with like so much like creative energy that you just need to like put into something that I was like, I literally texted Shania this morning. Do you want to record a podcast episode? And she responded, yeah, are you free tonight? And I was like, no, we're on the same wavelength today. This is the day we record the episode. It's chaotic energy. If you can't feel the excitement through through your phone at 9 p.m. we're recording. <laughs> it's positive chaos, intentional chaos, right? It's honestly, I call it just an excitement for life. Like I'm just passionate about life today. Yeah. Right. Okay. This brings up something else. We'll get to the point of this episode soon enough. But over this past weekend, I had a little housewarming party. When I say party was like probably like 15 people, like really just my friends and a charcuterie board provided by Shania, of course. Um, But the day before, like I texted everyone like a week before being like, Hey, I think I'm going to like have something at at mine on Saturday, like come around 930, whatever. And the night before I was like, okay, you know what? Like people don't make Canva invitations enough for like really insignificant events in their life. So I went on Canva and I made a whole invitation inviting people to my, and I quote, I have no furniture. So let's party housewarming. Um, and it just made me so happy. And I feel like we had a conversation about it after it's just like, being excited about the little things and like surrounding yourself with people who are also excited about the little things. And it just rubs off on you. Yeah. Like I literally took the invitation, sent it to my mom, sent it to my boyfriend and posted it to my close <laughs> friends. And I said, I love it when people are passionate about life, AKA Noam was passionate about life and having a housewarming that she just made a cute invitation because she could and because she wanted to. And like, that's okay. Just do whatever your heart feels in that moment. But I feel like it's also like you showing up to the housewarming with literally supplies to make a charcuterie board the size of my kitchen counter. And it's not just like a cheese and crackers charcuterie board. Like it was filled with colorful cupcakes and gummies. Like do everything you do in life with that kind of zest for life. You know, like obviously you can't only make a charcuterie board, but like if you can, why not? It goes back to honestly my philosophy that like nothing matters but also like today could be your last day so live it intentionally like if you want if you want a charcuterie board with cheese brie like good brie and cupcakes do it like who cares yeah and it's like not really the same thing but like kind of the same thing as like everyone's saying it's like hot mess era now like before it was like that girl and like clean girl and everyone's like all but like hot mess and I kind of like it just in the sense of just like things don't have to like make sense. Like you don't have to have an aesthetic and sorry, my brain is literally all over the place today, guys. Can you tell, but have you watched Emma Chamberlain's Architecture's Digest? I watched the little snippet you sent me, but I didn't watch the full, full thing. You have to watch the full thing. And the reason I say that is because she has like a beautifully, like stunning, incredible home, like very aesthetic. But what I like really loved about it was like, the random things are out of place. Like in her backyard, 
her side tables are all um like full size like not full size like side table side table sized corn on the cobs that are like next to her pool chairs and like I loved it or there's like paintings of like random dogs in like ballerina dresses on her wall and like that's the aesthetic and like oh I just live for it well it kind of goes back to like don't take life so seriously not like serious. not everything needs to be thought out not everything needs to be perfect it can be chaotic and I like that that's kind of pushing the norm that you know girls are supposed to be in like professionalism in the workplace and the whole gender norm thing like you have to look a certain way wear the blazer with the jacket that's like perfectly ironed but like why like why can't you wear a dress to a conference like why can't you wear a frilly dress to a conference or hot pink or hot pink and feathers and feathers like that that conference you went to and you saw someone with hot pink feathers I love it I love the energy but anyways guys let's jump into the meat of this episode even though I'm sure we will go off topic several times but um, you've been on the podcast before, and I'm sure people who follow me see you on my stories and on my social media all the time. But for those who don't know you, give us like your one to two minute elevator pitch. Who are you? What do you do? So on. Okay. I am Shania. I was actually named after Shania Twain, and I recently watched her documentary. So 10 out of 10 recommend. I am currently like professionally a PhD student wrote a children's book, also own a nonprofit and then life Shania, like I'm just someone who likes to fill gaps. Like I like seeing gaps, whether it's research or like a company or like ideas and fill them. And so I call myself just someone who likes to build things. And I like building ideas, but I also like making physical charcuterie boards or like building out ideas. And so I think I'd categorize myself as someone who builds. I'm a builder. Bob the builder. Yeah, (laughs) Shania the builder. I haven't heard you describe yourself that way before. I'm into it. Okay. Um, something, and I decided today that this, I'm going to start with all my podcast episodes, but what is your Myers-Briggs personality type? Because I am very passionate about mine and about personality typing in general. And that's probably like the psych and neuroscience major in me. So what's your type? Um, tell us a little bit about it, if you know, and do you align with it? I'm an ENTJ dash T. Okay. And technically, like if you know the 16 personalities test, I'm called the commander. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay, I don't like the emoji that they put online, but besides that, I do align with my personality type. I think I am strong-willed. I think I am very like they have this quote in there that describes that personality. I'll, they'll always find a way or make one. And I think I'm very much the same, but that also leads itself to being an impatient person. So my brain works is like, no, there's always a solution. And when you're solution oriented, sometimes you're seen as like not empathetic. Um, But also when you think that you can always find a way or make one, you can be impatient with those that you're collaborating with that don't see it the way you see it. And sometimes you'll think like, how are you not getting this? But it's just taking a second to like be patient and understand that everyone learns differently. Everyone solves problems differently and you can't expect everyone to be the same. So I say I align with mine. What's yours? Okay. So first of all, let's break it down. Like ENTJ is extroverted, intuitive thinking, judging, and then T the last one is turbulent. Okay. I'm breaking it down to anyone who doesn't know, but then I'm going to get into mine because this is a funny story. So I have always been ENFJ, very similar, just like switch the thinking to feeling but I was like always like 48, 52, 46, 54, like between the two, between thinking and feeling, but I was always an ENFJ and I like very much related to it. And then like a few weeks ago, it was like literally 1am and I'm like going to bed and I look at my boyfriend and I was like, I need to do my hustle over again. Like right now, like right now (laughs) I need to do it. And I made him do this too, of course. And I did it. And then I got um, ENTJ. Like I got yours and I started reading it. And at first I was like, <gasps> because like, it's like the, first of all, it tells you people who are like famous celebrities or leaders who have that personality type. And like so many of like the world's like greatest people, Steve are Jobs. These commanders, people who are very um, goal oriented, very ambitious, very driven. And I related to a lot of it, but also kind of like the stuff you said, like it kind of scared me because I was like, 
this can like be negative. Mm-hmm. Um, I did it again after and I like didn't rush through it because it was 2 a.m. And I did the first one really quickly and I flipped back to 5240 in the other way. So basically I'm like both. Um, but I really feel a lot of what you said. Um, the other thing I found interesting is when I did it again, and it's been like probably two years since I did it. Um, I switched from turbulent, which is that last T to assertive, which I thought was really interesting. So basically someone who's turbulent is someone who is, um, I guess like chaotic, but it's more so like your sense of self. Like you can like shift between versions of yourself. And now when I do it, I always get assertive, which is someone who is very, um, like just very self-aware and like set in their sense of self. And I definitely feel like that shift has happened as I've aged. I don't know when the last time you took yours. And like, it'd be interesting if it like you see it shift too as you get older. Um, but yeah, I'm ENFJ dash A, but like really I flip flop. <laughs> see, the thing that I really align with, with A, this personality test is great because there's categories, you know, parenthood, career paths, friendships, relationships. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because I see friends as like, and I know we're going to talk a bit about friends today, but like their purposes. Like you have categories of friendships, like you have your work friends, you have your social friends, you have your everything friends, your core friends. And it's funny under this personality type, it talks about how I seek friendships for personal growth and inspiration. And they have, they often have a plan for how to accomplish it. And it's funny because I am type A where I like plans and I like my friends to have plans. Um, but it's just funny the way it, it breaks it down. It's like it's living in my head. Yeah. These, if you guys haven't done it, just go to 16personalities.com. This is not an ad. I've just literally been obsessed with this since I was an undergrad and making everyone I know take them. Like I made my boyfriend take it before we started dating to like make sure that we were compatible. <laughs> um, so do that and read through it because it literally tells you like what, and it's obviously like not set in stone, but it's like, what careers would you be good at? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And I think it's also like, just like we're talking about like recognizing where your personality can teeter from like something that's really positive and like one of your strengths to how it can also become one of your weaknesses. And again, like I'm like on the border of it. So it applies to me too, but like someone who is very logical, it's really great for your career and being goal-oriented in that. And it's also good to be goal-oriented in terms of like the friendships you seek out and so on. But like, where do you stop that from teetering into being too logical with your decisions? Um, Which is something that I definitely work on. But anyways, we could talk about this for hours. But today's main topic, as I mentioned before in today's podcast intro, is we're going to talk about friendships in your 20s. Now, I want to start this off and you can start the story because I'll ramble forever. How did we meet and become friends? So we met no mastery on a flirty date (laughs) and um, backstory on this one. I am dating a man and I was dating him at the time that no one was starting med school. And so Noam actually was classmates, classmates with my boyfriend, Grinder, and I would see Noam at like, you know, the parties every two weeks on the Friday, on the Saturday. And I'd say hi to her and say hi to all the girls, but we were not close, I would say. And we followed each other on Instagram. The pandemic hit and I actually moved into Noam's building that she was living in at the time. And that's when Noam slid into the DMs and said, hey, I think we'd be great friends. Like she didn't say this exactly, but she was like, Hey, I think we'd be great friends. Let's go for coffee. And I was like, Oh my gosh, no one's asked me on a date. Of course I'll say yes. And then we went on a date and that's literally it. I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah, That's exactly it. And I think what it brings up is a couple of things. One, like pick up. It's like, I think people always like revert to like when you're asked, how do you make friends in your twenties? Like, oh, social media, which it is. And we'll get into that. Why it's a great way to make friends. But what I've also learned recently is like mutual friends is like such a great way to make friends. But I think what often happens is like, let's say you have a, like you have your one friend, I don't know, let's name her Jessica. And I go out with Jessica and I meet Jessica's friend, Ashley. And I think Ashley's really cool. And then me, Jessica and Ashley will hang out like every few months in the context of like Jessica inviting both of us out. But 
people don't usually take that extra step to like try to form an actual relationship with that mutual friend, like that friend of a friend and like take that extra step. And I don't know why, like, I don't know if you feel the same way, but like, that's like a hard, the harder part to do. It's almost like admitting you want to be friends with someone and like kind of being vulnerable and like, hey, let's hang out. Um, But like you and as well as a few other friends in my life now, like that's how we've met. And it's, you still stay close with the original friend, but now you can like develop your own friendship with that person as well. And the other thing, and I know we spoke about this before we started recording today, but like ask friends on dates, like don't try to sugarcoat it. Literally be like, do you want to get coffee? We were joking. We were like, bring them flowers. I don't know. Like pretend you're going on a date. You're putting on your best self. You're going to, you're going to make a friend today. Exactly. And I think that creating new friendships is a form of active self-care. And the reason I say that is because you are evolving as a person. Every day you're changing, you're growing, you're learning. If you actively want to take care of like who you hope to be and your soul identity of you and learn from those around you, it's a form of active self-care to make friends that are potentially really inspiring or are in a field that you really want to learn more about or honestly just like have similar interests because you learn from people. Humans are such social creatures that I find asking people on dates is a form of active self-care and it it's bold, but I think getting over that little hump of it feeling awkward and nervous or like, oh my God, is this weird? Are they going to think it's weird? No, because I think you have this sixth sense as a person when you just kind of know you'll vibe with someone you just know, like, I can't explain it. Yeah. And it's like, I always tell my friends who are like single and like dating, um, dating around these days that like, I'm jealous because I love first dates and like, not usually because I like end up vibing like with most of the first dates I've been on, but like, I just like really enjoyed when I was single, like meeting new people and like sitting down for an intimate conversation with someone on like a one-on-one level and something you don't know. And that doesn't like, you don't really get to do that a lot in context other than dating romantically. But like, for what reason? Like, why can't you do that with friends? And like, you go on one date and maybe it's not that good. Like that's happened to me before for sure. Where like, um, either I've reached out to someone on social media, like someone reached out to me and like, we went to grab coffee together. And like, I can't think of anyone that like, I actively didn't like, but there's people who I'm like, oh, you were like super fun. And it was nice getting to know you. I don't think we're going to be like, best friends but like especially if it's like they're also in the social media space and like when I see you at events or see you around like it's nice to catch up but like we didn't like click versus other times like we were saying we went for like coffee once and then we could be hung out again like two days later and like the rest and that was it then we're seeing each other like twice a week until I moved away but that's a different story I also like FaceTime four times a week yeah (laughs) I think there's also categories of friendship and it's okay for people to be in different categories like let's say you go on a, a a first date with someone and they're so fun like they're exciting they're energetic but they don't really align with you on like a personal values level or like lifestyle but they're a good time to go out with there's like there's no rule really wrong with that you can just be like Kate they're a social friend noted I'm gonna ask them to go to the bar next time I go out on a Friday like that's cool they don't and have to be your everything friend yeah they're probably thinking the same thing and like it doesn't need to be a bad thing like you doesn't need to be the friend that you come to like for like relationship or life advice it can just be like yeah the friend that you want to like just get dinner with or the friend you just like go to workout classes with but this kind of brings me to my next question of like we talk about this a lot but how has your view on like friendships shifted as you've gotten older like from high school to undergrad to now and like where are you at in terms of like what you look for in friendships or the different types of friendships you have in your life just like spit it all out (laughs) honestly guys like friendships when you graduate undergrad or any degree that you're in are different and that's something that no one talks about and it's something that no and I were talking about on the weekend while we were getting ready to go out is like the way that you perceive friendships and the the role that they hold in your day-to-day life change and like honestly right now I am probably busier than I've ever been in my lifetime and I I call it seasons like this is just that season of my life where I'm busy and I'm grinding and I'm working hard but that also means I have to be a bit more intentional with how much free time I have and who I'm spending it on and so that's where like that's where I've brought up the idea of like 
categorizing. I don't think categorizing is the right word. I think it's more so like friends have specialties and that's where like, I will call up a core friend and ask them like really hard hitting questions about like, who am I? And <laughs> does this job align with it? Or like, should I take something off my plate? Cause I value their input because they know my personal values. Whereas like I'm spending less time with some social friends and that's okay. But that's the season of life I'm in. And I think friendships as you grow, either people are going to grow with you or they're not going to grow with you. And I think being okay with readjusting the way you spend time with certain people is also something we should normalize. Like just because you were friends with someone when you were two doesn't mean you have to still spend every Saturday with them at 24. Like normalizing that, that you can outgrow people or just outgrow them in the specialization in which they're in and they just shift to a different specialty. (laughs) Yeah, I think another thing that I dealt with a few years ago. So basically when I was in undergrad, I like left a year earlier than all my friends to go to med school because I didn't finish my degree. Um, And basically like my entire friend group stayed at the school I went to undergrad, like all basically, we didn't live all in the same built in the same apartment. We're all like all in the same house. You're all in the same building, like basically always together. And now I like stepped away from that circle and don't get me wrong. The first few months I like definitely had FOMO, but then, um, which is also really normal, but within a few months, like I made so many amazing friends in med school and also just people who, and again, like nothing at all against my friends from undergrad, but all of them were also people who I met in high school. And like, we went to school together. And although like, I will always have love for them and like such a special place in my heart, cause we've known each other for like a decade almost now, which is crazy. But I also met people who are like have more similar interests to me now as an adult, people who are in the same career or people who are on social media and like can align with me a bit more on that. And I think when people talk about changing friends, like a big thing is like a friendship breakup, but it doesn't need to be that way. Like I never had a falling out with any of those girls. I just like started seeing them every couple months just because my schedule in med school was so crazy. And like to be completely transparent with some people, there was a bit of an issue of that, of feeling like I was like moving on, but I just like had a really frank conversation of like, my life is really busy right now and it has nothing to do with you, but like, I just need to focus one on that, but also like I have other people in my life that I also want to prioritize. And it's, it's not about ending the friendship, but it's just like sometimes the dose in which a friendship provides benefit to your life lessons so like seeing my high school or undergrad friends once every few months is like so much fun and really just a positive influence on my life and a really great time but it doesn't mean I need to see them every single week to get that because when I get to that point maybe I also need to change things up and see people who um, don't know everything about me from high school or who are in different fields and I can learn from. So it's it's just not taking things too personally. And if you have a friend in your life who is taking it personally, just like having a really frank conversation can often save a friendship um, and keep it going in some sort of form. It's all about expectations too. Like if you have a clear conversation about what you expect from X friendship, then there will never be, I think, feelings hurt if everyone's understanding and on the same page about what that expectation is. Like, for example, I actually ran into a girl that I was friends with in high school, like best, best, best friends. Like she would stay at my house for weeks all the time. And we just honestly haven't been friends in the last six years. I saw her at the bar on Saturday. And I was like, hi, like, how's life? And we just caught up for a quick 30 seconds. But anyways, we're going to go for coffee. And it's been six years since I was friends with this girl. And I was talking to my one of my close friends and I was explaining it. And she was like, so are you going to be like best friends again? And I said, why does everything have to be like black and white? There's no like friendship, no friendship. It can be like a yearly catch up. And that's cool. And that's the dosage. Right. And so I think there's something to be said about like setting that expectation and like having that conversation and saying like, I genuinely am so busy. I can't have coffee till December, but I'd be down to have like yearly, let's like catch up every second week of December every year or something like have that set expectation and then no one will ever feel let down. Yeah. And I feel like it's something you necessarily have to like verbally say like in most situations unless like I feel like the times when I have had to is like if a friend's been upset because I've been too busy to like be as present as I was when we were like living in the same building going to undergrad together studying all day together you know what I mean like life just changes as you grow up 
And kind of like a side note, but I feel like just depending on the career path you choose, people just like step into life stages at different points. So like, even when I was in med school, I was technically like, quote unquote, working, right? Because I had shifts and I had to be at the hospital when a lot of my friends were still in just school in terms of like lectures and exams. And the lifestyle of that is like so different because when you're in school, you go to your classes, it's maybe a couple hours a day and you have a lot of studying to do. And like, it's so hard in different ways. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the same, like very constricted hourly time you have to be somewhere. And especially in medicine, although this applies to a lot of fields, like I also have to be at work and like present and like well slept, well rested. I don't go out the night before I work, obviously. And it's just like a bit different than like going to a lecture where you can like be a little tired, you come home and take a nap. So a lot of my friends would hang out like on weeknights and I haven't been able to do that. Or like even now still, like my boyfriend isn't in medicine, so he has a very different like schedule than me. And so he'll sometimes like go for dinner and drink with his friends on the weekdays. And I just like can't go because I'm like, no, I have to work. Even if it's at 9 a.m., like I want to get a good sleep. But I also then though, so like I left undergrad a bit early to go to med school, but like now it's been four years. And a lot of those friends now are also working, whether like some of them are in law school, some of them are in teacher's college, some of them are working in like PR, whatever it might be. And now our lifestyles are like realigning and I'm reconnecting with a lot of those friends that like we had a bit of a gap because we were in different life stages, but now our life stages are aligning again and we still have so much love for our friendship and new things in common as well. And like rekindling those friendships, maybe like with this girl, right? So I think it's just like letting go of expectations and like societal structures of friendships, like needing to think that you have to have like a core group of best friends since you were five. Like that doesn't need to be the case. Like it doesn't have to be that straight and arrow. It's also hard, like to the point of finding friends who are in the same season of life as you, like, I find it really hard. Sometimes I feel really guilty not spending time with people. Like, honestly, I sit here, like, I have a meeting at 10. Like, I sit here sometimes, and that's why I like chatting with Noam, is because I don't feel guilty telling Noam that I'm sitting here till 10 p.m. before bed doing work because I have to, like I have something due or I have to submit something. Um, Obviously, some things I choose to do this late, but like, remember the purpose of friendships are to like add life to life, like add excitement and joy and passion and love and support to life. And and feeling those negative emotions, like being self-reflective, and knowing which friendships like might drain you or like might make you feel guilty and like you don't know why you can't put your finger on it but that's okay too and taking a break and taking a second to put yourself first is something again we also don't talk about because it's like you're being mean or you're judging or like whatever it is but like why can't you just feel a certain way sometimes and that be it yeah like I can definitely think I've had like one friend that comes off the top of my head who like we've been friends literally since we were four and like we never went to school together like not in high school and then we went to different universities that were like six hours apart and then she moved to New York and like we were just like never were in the same city and we would speak like when you're in the same city we spoke a bit more but we'd literally speak like every few months and catch up because you're both so busy and like living very in different careers and whatever but there was never any issues like since we were kids and like she saw my best friend and it was never hard. But then I think of other friendships where it just like wasn't that easy and they would make me feel really guilty if I had other priorities or not even like other friends. But even if I just like wanted to wake up early and work out instead of going out, they'd like make me feel bad because of that. And like, you just don't need that. But the other thing that what you said brought up is I think it's like a fine balance between finding friends who have like very similar interests and like similar lifestyles than you because they just get it and they can relate to that. But I think something that I'm trying to be very intentional with because something that's important to me is like not isolating myself. And I think this is especially super relevant to fields like medicine or academia for you that are very like bubbly to not bubble myself in with just people who are physicians or work in the sciences or whatever it might be. Because it's really refreshing to meet up with a friend who's in the creative field and hear their perspectives on things. Um, So being intentional about also like maintaining those friendships because we have other things in common. Like I still love the creative fields or I just love talking about X, Y, Z with them, not even about work. Um, And I've also met so many friends who aren't, don't have these rigid schedules, who work for themselves, who work from home, but have never made me feel bad about it. So again, it's just like finding the people in your life and ask people on dates, do you think those people might be it? Just like, keep looking. Like not everyone needs to have it all sorted out by the time they're like 16. No. And I think that's where like, 
um core friendships come into play mm-hmm. like there's core friendships and the way I describe core friendships is the friend that hits all the boxes you know they can be social with you and go out to the bar they can go get coffee with you they can lay in bed and watch a movie in silence they can be your person for inspiration and for advice but also like make you laugh like there's someone who hits all the boxes in various ways and there's someone that like just gets you like understands your values and your soul through and through and they're almost like, I find them like a little guide, guiding angel. So Leah, if you're listening to this, you're one of the guiding angels. Um, uh, Leah is like one of my best friends and she is like a core friend will be a bridesmaid type of vibe, you know? Um, and those are people that you should look out for that even if you're 26 listening the, to this episode or 32 or 40 listening to this episode, you can always find core friends. Like there's no such thing as finding your core friends when you're young. Cause they're the people that know you best. Like you will meet people along your life path that will have all those boxes checked off. Yeah, definitely. We spoke about this the other day a bit, but I feel like as I've gotten older, I've like solidified my core friends more. And like you're saying the other day, like I feel like my core friends now, and like I can honestly only say this for like maybe the past like year or two in my life, like who my core friends are like recently, but I genuinely feel like these people are like my friends for life. And like, maybe that won't mean that we're hanging out every week or even like calling each other every week because like life's only going to get busier. And like, I'm so aware of that. Like I still live alone. I have no one to be responsible really, but myself and like going to work, obviously and like responsible for patients, but like, that's not the point right now. Um, life's only going to get busier when you have kids, when you're married, you have other obligations, but like the people who have like connected with on that level, like there's not a lot that can do, can do to break that friendship. And then it's also like, making an active effort to like put time into those relationships as well. Like recognize which are the ones that are like really worth it. And if you have limited time, like make that effort. And if you don't like even just reaching out to someone and just like reminding them that like, Hey, I know it's been a while and whether it's you or the other person who's the reason, but like, I just want you to know that I miss you or just like call them. Like I try to call people more these days when I'm just like cooking or when I'm driving, she knows I always call her when I'm driving back from work and stuck in traffic just because like, that's a great way to catch up with someone too. And like, even if it's not hanging out in person for a whole night, like that can be enough to like continue that friendship and make sure that it like passes to the next stage of life. Oh yeah, guys, I was, you know, I had a couple of gin and tonics and told Noam that she'd be a bridesmaid. Like that was my Saturday. Like I told Noam, I, I called her, I think. And she was like, oh, you don't have to do the charcuterie board. And I was like, you're my friend to know him and she's like this is the first time you said this like I finally made it to the friendship but like that's the whole point of I think what we're trying to get across is like don't take life too seriously look out for the people that make you feel good but also understand when there's red flags like mm-hmm. Noam what are some red flags that you can think of in friendships that's a good question and I, I like I think the way to kind of think about friendships is like also like we talk about red flags in relationships all the time like why don't we talk about like red flags in friendships um for me and like look this can vary person to person like I am by no means like prescriptive in what I say just like for me and my values um someone who gossips a lot like I will never say that I'm a saint and never gossip but like there's people who gossip a lot like there's people you meet and within the first like 10 seconds of meeting them or like a friend you're catching up with and they're already complaining about someone like remember I went to this event with a bunch of people I knew from a while ago and I saw this girl that I used to be pretty close with and like within three seconds of talking she like points out another girl that we know and she's like oh don't talk to her like I don't like her because of like xyz whatever and I was like this is silly like and you also have to think of like who's the problem if you don't like so many people like who's the issue here because like I don't think everyone in the world likes me at all, but like, I really don't have any enemies. Like I've never really had like big fights with friends, whatever. If you have all these people you've had calling outs with, like what's the common denominator, you know? So like, look out for that. And people who just like spend too much time worrying about other people's lives. Um, because I just found like in my past and the experiences I've had, like that's been a very negative contributor to me. And like, it, it influences on me. Like you are the people you surround yourself with and you become more like them, whether you want to or not. Yeah, I agree with that. I also, I would add on personally for me, again, this is just the way I like to live is I like 
optimistic people because I would say I'm a fairly optimistic person and I'm the way I am because my parents raised me this way and they're very like, you want to do it? Go do it. Like you can do it. Just go do it. And I'll be like, okay, I can run a triathlon. Let's just do it. And I just do it. Like I, I think I don't think too hard about barriers and that again, could be such a negative in so many ways, but optimism is such a good quality because life can be so sad. You know, you can scroll on Twitter and get really, really sad. Like I read a study once that was like, if you spend seven minutes on Twitter in the first part of your day, like you're more likely to feel emo (laughs) towards the end of your day. Um, And so optimism is one of the things like just not being a negative Nancy. And I'm so sorry if you're listening to this and your name, Nancy, I did not mean it that way. Um, And I, uh, the second thing is this is again, this may sound a little judgmental and I don't mean to say it this way, but like care about your well-being. I would say I'm very intentional with the way I care for myself, such as going to exercise for bone density in my cardiovascular system or like sleeping X amount of hours because like I know I need it versus like being a bit careless in the health regard because I think that thinking through life decisions and the values that you have as a person indicate how you care for yourself and then therefore you care for others. So a lack of care for their personal well-being, I, I kind of just don't, I can't align with too closely. Yeah, I think both those are really good points. Like to the first one about someone who's very optimistic. I think it's really important for me specifically because like, as we said earlier in this episode, I'm a very like logical person with a lot of my life. I mean, I'm still technically ENFJ. So I do have, I'm definitely a softie. But I am pretty logical when it comes to like a lot of decisions in life. And like people always talk about this, but like being too logical and being a pessimist are almost two of the same. Because like if you really think about life for hard enough, and maybe I should stop talking about this because I'll make everyone else be pessimistic now. Like life is not optimistic, right? Like life is probably meaningless and like whatever. But my point being is because I teeter on that 4852 of like thinking, feeling. I feel like I need to surround myself with people who are not necessarily feelers, but just optimists. And you can be logical and be an optimist. But when I surround myself with human people who see the glass half empty, I become that way. Because again, you become people you surround yourself with. But when I surround myself with people who are optimistic and passionate about life and romanticize the little things, even if everything else means nothing, um, I become that way too. And then the other part you mentioned, yeah, I thought that was really interesting you brought that up because that is a huge one for me in like romantic partners. Like I've always said that. And me and Borkin always say this to each other too. Like it doesn't matter what you do or what you're going through as long as you wake up every day and like want to be a better version of yourself. Like that is probably one of my biggest values in life for myself is like, even if it's the smallest millimeter forward, like every day I just want to better myself, whether it's mentally, physically, anything. Um, So someone with that same approach to life and like, It also goes back to a conversation earlier of like, I feel like you're both very goal-driven people and like not just like accepting things as is. Like someone who's always wanting to be even just like be a better friend, be better at X, Y, Z. It doesn't have to necessarily do with like physical health and like physical health can look different to so many people, but it's just like caring about yourself and who you are as a person and the impact you have. Um, Again, rubs off on you and makes you that kind of person too, which I think is super important. I think it goes back to intention, being intentional. Yes. And being intentional with your friendships. And um, I'm listening to Peyton Sarden's podcast, which I really like. It's called Note to Self. And she had an episode about like the villain era, which I think is like such a funny concept and I kind of love. And they see the villain era, if anyone doesn't know, is basically like not actually being evil, but like being quote unquote selfish in the sense of like the way she put it is ruthlessly editing your life and just like going through things and editing them, editing your friends in your life editing the clothes in your closet if you just like want to be more minimalistic editing your morning routine to just like just the things that help you um so again I think billionaire is like a funny way to put it and I think it's like quirky and cute but really it's just about like being really intentional with everything you do and everyone you surround yourself with like that's part of your diet is the people you talk to the things you read um so care about that just as much as you care about like what you eat and how you work out and what you read, you know, care about the people you surround yourself with in the same, in the same way. That's so funny. You said like, it's what you eat and what you read. It's also what you hear. 
And so the biggest thing I, I, some, I've gotten this question quite a bit recently is, you know, when you're in a rut, like, let's say you're going through a breakup or a really rough patch where you're just seeing everything so negatively, you're just not really optimistic. My prescription for myself is I will listen to the most positive podcasts, audiobooks, read self-help books, because the way that you perceive life is a curation based on your inner voice, right? We all have that inner voice, the little Kermit with the hood on and the Kermit that's happy. But when you're in a negative place, that Kermit with the hood on is so much, is so overpowering. So why is it overpowering? Sometimes your inner voice is curated by your environment. It's curated by the people around you and things that you're hearing. Like if someone's telling you, you can't swim 10 laps today, then that's influencing your inner voice to tell you, don't even try swimming the 10 laps today. And so what I'll do is I'll like listen to Oprah's Super Soul or Jay Shetty's podcast or read even a small snippet of a chapter of a positive book that really makes me excited about life again and that's how I get myself out of the rut I brainwash that inner voice that seems to be too negative to be a bit more positive Mm -hmm. and so I think that's like I think that's active self-care too in a way and Mm -hmm. being intentional again about my time and you almost like don't realize that you're doing that passively with the people you talk to all the time and it's like it's not as intentional as sitting down and reading a book or turning on a podcast like you're inadvertently going to be influenced in that exact same way by the conversations you're texting your friends, by the people you're calling. And like, sometimes I'll turn on a podcast when I want to be more positive. Sometimes I'll call a certain friend who I just know will make me see this situation in a certain light or like can just lift my spirits. So I just want to like summarize by saying like, if you're hearing all this and you feel like you don't have those people in your life, like also don't get down about yourself on that. Because again, I feel like all people listening to this podcast are like, probably around my age, but some are definitely younger. And even if you're older, like until maybe the past, like three or four years, at least, like I never felt like I fully had my people. Like I always had a friend group in high school, but like would always have worries of like, do they like me? Do they want to invite me? Like I, I had great friends, but like, I never felt so confident in the people I surround myself with. And until like recently, And just like really realizing that like every single person, especially like my core friends, but really anyone I like actively try to engage with, like, I feel like I learned something from them. And there's some, there's a quality they have that I wish I had more of. Um, And like, really just like, um, like I am my friend's biggest high man. Like, it's ridiculous how obsessed I am with all my friends. And like you, when you should, if you don't have that feeling, look for those friends, like don't settle for less. If your friends are not supporting you and hyping you up when you feel like crap, they're not the friends that are going to like help you advance to the next level of life, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. like when I'm down about myself, let's say about like a job, for example, and I'm like, oh my God, I don't think I'm going to get it. And I call Noam and she's just like, but you are going to get it. And then I'm like, well, I am going to get it. And then I go yeah. into the interview so mm-hmm. much more confident, right? You, your friends influence your actions. Mm -hmm. So you might not realize it, but those are some ways in which like, if you aren't feeling that way after getting off a hype call, you need to find your hype woman. Yeah. I feel like a a quote you like have definitely sent to me before too, but it's like, I'm going to butcher it, but it's like, um, surround yourself with people who would bring up your name in a room full of opportunities. And like, I guess it goes back to like red flags, like being competitive is another huge friend red flag. But like success is shared. And I feel like from all my friendships, like not just career opportunities, but just like always find people who just like genuinely have your back and are thinking, actively thinking about how they can support you all the time and reach out to people who you might get along with. And even if you don't, like maybe that friend date will suck, but you'll go on another one. Like think about it like romantic dating until you find your people. Like no one finds their boyfriend on the first go. No one finds a therapist on the first go. Like why would you find your friendships on the first go? Your friendships are also, they can be mentors. Like your friends act as life mentors sometimes. When they're giving you life advice, they're they're mentoring you in a way. So choose your mentors wisely as you would choose a professional or academic mentor. It's the same logic should apply, especially I find when your time is more and more limited as the days go on and as we get older and before we even bring kids into the mix. It's like finding who you are and who your people are that are going to be with you not necessarily forever, but in a very important chapter of life. Yeah. It's also okay if it's not forever too. Yeah. Um, well, 
I know that you, Busy Bee, have another meeting to get you in five minutes, but what do you want to leave listeners with? What's your takeaway message? Um, or like unrelated, like completely random, unrelated to friendship. What do you want to say? Floor is yours. Don't be afraid to be bold. I think as we age, we get so comfortable with our jobs and wanting that stable, supportive ecosystem. But don't be afraid to be a disruptor. It is kind of cool to be a disruptor. And I think you might find so much joy and passion and love and excitement for life that you never thought could possibly exist if you aren't disrupting. And what I mean by disrupting in friendships, perhaps, is like step outside of that bubble and go DM a friend or go up to the person you think you could be friends with and ask to study together, ask to go on a date and be bold, like be so unapologetically yourself because again life could end tomorrow and if you feel at this moment that you aren't content and happy with like how life's been going recently change your narrative like you are in full control of that and just be bold and it's also just like and it's really on the same scope but like it's never too late to really reinvent yourself and like reinvent yourself yes has to do with friendships but like in any way like don't feel like even if you're 19, 20, 24, like me, older, 30, 40, whatever it might be, like, it's not, it's never too late to be stuck in your ways and like, feel like, well, I can't make new friends now, or I can't find a new hobby now or a new job now. Like life's too short for that. And people are meant to change. It would be really boring if we all stayed exactly the same our entire lives. So look at it as a positive and embrace the change and just see where it takes you. An analogy I use is like life is like an onion because there's so many layers of this onion that I find that like every stage of life, even if your stage is two years long, it's like removing a layer of that onion to get to the core center onion, which is your core self. So if you're constantly removing these layers and like shedding these layers, people are going to shed with those layers, but also those core people will stay with you till your, your core onion self. So like, don't take it too seriously. It happens in stages and sometimes not every, not every character makes it to the next chapter. And that's okay. Ruthlessly edit your life. Yeah. (laughs) Shania, plug yourself out. Where can people find you on social media? So on. Hey guys, welcome to my channels. I'm at, at well by Shania on Instagram and TikTok. And like, you know, message me on LinkedIn if you want. I don't know. Email me. We can chat. We can be friends. I'm an open book and I honestly go on TikTok live way too much. So join me over there. Uh, or you'll probably see me on Gnome's story once once this is posted. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in and I'll see you on the other side. All right, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, feel free to leave a rating, a review, all that good stuff on Spotify, Apple podcast, follow the podcast at you are not too busy podcast or no, you are not too busy pod on Instagram. And we just started a TikTok. Um, I'm going to be posting a lot more content. I don't know if you guys already noticed, but last week I created a little reel with the audio from the podcast. Um, but yeah, super excited about what's to come. Thank you for joining. And Again, sorry, I'm like all over the place today. It's been a week, but good things, good things, just a lot of things. Anyways, bye.